2: on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's Wednesday, it's April 12th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortillaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. Let's reset the scene with today's poll questions. Heavy NBA play-in topics. The Lakers are fortunate enough to uh, win against the Timberwolves in overtime last night. So here's the question. Is the Lakers fortunate overtime win on Tuesday night a bad sign moving forward? Yes, leads the way at 63% of the vote, no trailing at 37%.
1: They certainly escaped last night. Usually, uh, you determine uh, the NBA escape is for a team that wins on the road. Uh but considering everything uh that happened in that game, you know, they seemed like that they were out of the game, rallied from down 15. Uh you know, in a position to win the game in regulation and then Davis's bad foul at the end of uh, regulation. Of, uh, he played a spectacular game last night, but that was Obviously not a uh, particularly smart play by him, but uh, considering everything, uh, you know, I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, did we really think the Lakers, Do we? if you watched that game last night, do you now think, woo, the Lakers are somebody we need to, you know, if you're like the Suns or somebody, uh, we got to worry about them. Um, we'll answer that question in a different shape or form later in the hour.
2: Yes, we will around 1130 today over on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. Who do you have tonight in New Orleans? Thunder plus five and a half Pelicans minus five and a half. And uh, the Thunder have busted out of the tie at 54.5% of the vote. Pelicans at 45.5%. This is on Twitter, as I mentioned, at KDOS AM 1060.
1: This should be fun. I mean, uh, I don't think anybody's going to watch this game for a defensive clinic. Uh, but it should be a fun game.
2: And we'll answer that question also around 1130. Let's take a bit of a pause from the NBA discussion and dive into the Diamondbacks. Uh, they fell to the Brewers last night, 7-1. to one. Merrill Kelly, though, six innings, one hit, three runs, four walks, seven strikeouts, one home run. Also for the Brewers, Corbin Burns, eight innings, three hits, eight strikeouts. Uh, Merrill Kelly, though, he was really good through six, And then Willie Adams launched that home run, and the floodgates just opened up from there uh, with the rest of the bullpen coming in.
1: Yeah, he was out of gas. He threw a lot of pitches. He's actually, as I mentioned uh, during the sports zone, but I think it bears repeating a couple things. He's thrown a lot of pitches so far this season. I think he's just a little out of whack, partly because of the World Baseball Classic and his arm strength isn't what it usually is even at this point of the season, you know, arm strength with starting pitchers or something that needs to de- be developed. And, you know, the season hasn't even been two weeks old now. But, you know, the fact that he was away from the, you know, the major league team for a while and probably didn't get as much uh, time as he expected. And the organization probably expected during the World Baseball Classic. And I also think the pitch clock has made, I, I think it's had more of a, it's been more of an issue for Kelly than the other diamondback veteran pitchers. Um, yeah, it's not like he was slow, uh, you know, de- between pitches back in the past, but he was, I think deliberate is the way you can, uh, you know, phrase the way that he kind of went about things and, uh, seems like he's been kind of sped up and, uh, it doesn't seem like he's completely adjusted that maybe I'm off base there, but, uh, I think that, uh, you know, some reason for concern that some people might have so far. It gets maybe a little overrated. I guess I'm trying to – I don't know if I'm making excuses for him or not, but I think these are at least legitimate things to consider uh, when discussing Merrill Kelly's first three starts this year.
2: Uh, one more question, piggybacking off of that, just considering how what and, how and what we've seen so far. So you're talking about the process of him being sped up with the pitch clock, but could that also some of it be contributed to working with a new catcher? Because it's not Carson Kelly behind the plate. It's Gabriel Moreno. So just the unfamiliarity with him because he also wasn't in camp for a large portion of time. He was with the World Baseball Classic
1: definitely and also remember you know kelly and carson kelly merrill kelly and carson kelly had a history together back in their days uh, minor league days and so with the cardinals organization so i definitely think that plays a role i think that uh, gabriel moreno has got some really interesting catching skills uh especially throwing the ball um but i'm not sure he's the greatest pitch caller yet i think we've seen enough to determine that and uh so forth so yeah you know, that's something that you know there's no question that the starting pitchers or relief pitchers on this team uh over the last two or three years have really liked throwing to carson kelly
2: so with the diamondbacks taking game one the brewers taking game two who wins the series this afternoon it's uh jansen junk versus dre jameson 12:40 p.m on Bally sports arizona this afternoon
1: yeah, and the junk thing, no pun intended here, that's his last name. Uh you know, they were going to, you know, Brandon Woodruff was supposed to pitch this game for the Brewers. And if I remember correctly, Brandon Woodruff was injured against the Diamondbacks here uh 2-3 years ago uh when Woodruff was having a tremendous season, in fact, I'm certain he got injured in a game here. Uh but uh he was placed on the injured list yesterday, uh, and uh, we'll see what happens with him, but this is a Night, this is a nice opportunity for the Diamondbacks not to have to face back to back aces. Uh, Burns obviously had struggled uh towards the end of last year and uh, not been good so far this year, but he was incredible last night for the uh for the Brewers. He looked like the Cy Young Award winner from a couple of years ago, which we haven't seen that often since he won the Cy Young Award a couple of years ago. Uh, so this uh, would seem to be a good spot for the Diamondbacks. Uh, we'll see how Jamison does. Obviously, obviously, he's in the rotation now because uh, you know, Davies is on the uh, the injured list, and also they made a they made a pitching change here too. This was supposed to be a Bumgarner start, and they've moved Bumgarner back to Friday to start the series at Miami. I'm assuming they did that in part. Because Miami has just a, well, first they have a pitcher's ballpark and that's a good matchup for any pitcher it seems, but especially this year because the Marlins offense has got a chance to be one of the worst in baseball It has certainly been and uh, resembled one of the worst in baseball so far this season.
2: A couple other baseball topics I want to get with you here. So the Blue Jays, they beat the Tigers yesterday 9-3 in an Alec Manoa start. But uh, Manoa, just four and a third innings pitched, four hits, three runs, five walks, three strikeouts, and one home run. On the season so far, His uh, he's just 1-0 and with a 4.91 ERA, 14 and two-thirds innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, 11 walks, 14 hits, and eight runs. So have you been surprised with how... Manoa has started
1: the year so far yeah a little bit certainly all the walks and a lot of base runners Uh, I'm not in on the Blue Jays uh, along with the rest of America and Canada I guess Uh, you know a lot of people were picking them before the season started and uh, part of the reason I wasn't in to begin with and certainly not in so now is that uh, they've got some I think they have pitching issues and I'm not completely bought into Manoa Who's had some really good moments, but not a lot of consistency, uh, I think, uh, from certainly month to month in his career. Uh, And I know yesterday there was some discussion that it was a home opener. Finally, the home opener yesterday for Toronto, and he was all, yeah, he's a very emotional dude on the mound. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I can understand the speculation maybe he was too fired up for the first home start of the season.
2: The Giants beat the Dodgers five nothing last night, Dustin May, five and a third, two hits, two runs, four walks, three strikeouts. Alex Wood four and a, four and two thirds, one hit, three walks, five strikeouts and the Dodgers are now six and six to start the season. Uh, maybe the, the expectations for the Dodgers down a bit this year just because of some of the pieces that they lost and didn't bring in this past offseason. but six and six. is that surprising?
1: a little bit i mean but i'm not gonna jump the gun on the dodgers starting slowly like a lot of people maybe don't remember was it two or three years ago when they started off uh they were like 500 after two months and then they literally won like 41 of their next 50 games uh and uh turned out to be uh, just a complete juggernaut that they're supposed to be i don't think they have that kind of roster this year but uh Yeah, reluctant to you know kind of uh, you know get uh, at least you know be significantly down on the Dodgers early in the season just because of uh, what happened a couple years ago.
2: All right, I'm going to give you the opportunity here once again to talk about your Rays. They're 11 and 0. I know they're facing the Red Sox right now in a series, but still 11 and 0.
1: They are, and they're hitting home runs, and that's like their weakness supposedly. I mean, they hit 29 home runs so far this season. They had another four-home run game last night, uh, and uh, they're playing great. And, uh, you know, they obviously played three of the worst teams base in baseball in their first three series. I think I said on Monday that they played all those games at home, and that's uh, I need to correct that because they played at Washington for a series. Uh, but they're back at home now. And I don't think the Red Sox – I think the Red Sox are a last-place team, and I thought that before the season started – Uh, Talk about another team. I think they could hit Boston, but I don't think they can pitch at all. Uh, Maybe if you get to, like, the eighth inning with a lead, they can pitch at that point because Kenley Jansen's their closer now. And, you know, even though he's not what he was, he's still pretty good. Uh, But, uh, you know, but the Rays are, they're good. Uh, Once again, I'm going to, my bold prediction still is here today that I do predict they're not going to finish 162 and zero.
2: There are some games going on right now. The Astros on top of the Pirates, 2 nothing in the bottom of the 6th. You have the White Sox and the Twins at 0-0 in the bottom of the 4th. The Yankees and the Guardians, Guardians on top, 3 nothing in the bottom of the 4th. And the Padres and the Mets are all tied up 2-2 in the top of the 4th. And I know that you happened to see a particular play by Juan oh. Soto and you had to, had to mention it to me.
1: This is a well, I man I had to mention it to you because you're the only person that was listing at that time. <laughs> so yeah, I could have run outside or something and talked to the uh, landscape people that are working on uh, our apartment my car, apartment complex here but uh, you know Juan Soto it's amazing to me that what is he like 23 or whatever he's a very young player still. He has such an unbelievable understanding of the strike zone when he's at the plate. He is a fine hitter, obviously. I know he had a down season last year. I'm not believing that's going to continue, but he is such a bad defensive player, and he completely botched a ball in left field and cost them a run. And I just am amazed by that. You also, you mentioned Houston. Uh, I just need to mention that you know they're a team that has been amongst the fewest in baseball offensively, their hitters, of striking out. They've been striking out an incredible amount of time to start this season. And it's a lot of the same guys. Uh, So I'm a little confused what's going on there as far as their offense goes.
2: One more tidbit around Major League Baseball. It appears that there's a few teams that are going to enter into an experimental phase. That's the Diamondbacks, (laughs) Brewers, Rangers, and Twins. And they will be experimenting with alcohol sales that will go through the eighth inning. Uh, I heard this
1: yesterday. Not about the Diamondbacks, but I heard about other teams. I forgot where I heard it. But I heard it somewhere yesterday because the the games are too damn fast now.
2: That's what they're citing is that traditionally sales stop past the seventh inning. But with games going much quicker now, uh, sales are down. So they're going to try to uh, see how this goes through the eighth inning.
1: Even though the time of game last week was uh, two or three minutes slower than it had been, I actually think what's going on here is that uh, especially with the pitch clock thing, that some pitchers and catchers and managers and pitching coaches are kind of figuring out how to deal with this and slowing the game down a little bit.
2: We'll get into more. We'll switch into the NFL on the other side of the break, but if you'd like to join the show, you can give us a call 602-260-1060. We'll get to your calls on the other side of the break. The number is 602-260-1060. Some NFL discussion next. It is the Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports.
1: Morning Drive just got a little better. The Dan Patrick Show is live weekday morning starting at 6 exclusively on KDUS AM 1060.
2: 60 online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. 602-260-1060 is the number if you'd like to dial into the program. We'll get to your calls in just a minute. Uh, so Bob, I think you probably heard this here. Cliff Kingsbury, he is uh, set to return to USC. The school announced he's joining Lincoln Riley's staff as a senior offensive analyst. Now, Cliff was technically the USC offensive coordinator for I think like 40 days before he ended up becoming the Cardinals' <laughs> head coach.
1: That would be true. Also, different coaching staff. I did. Make, I talked about this a little bit yesterday during the Sports Zone that uh, Kingsbury and obviously Lincoln Riley they coached against each other in the Big 12, and I was pretty sure they're buddies. Uh, if they're not buddies, I'm sure there's some kind of background there with Kingsbury's dad being the high school coach in the state of Texas and looking Riley from the state of Texas. So there's stuff going on there. So there are similarities. Certainly they have a similar offensive philosophy for sure.
2: And I also think it's a safe good landing spot, right? He's back into coaching, back into the college ranks and is it, the title is yeah. offensive analyst. So he's able to provide his insight, but we all know Lincoln Riley's running the show.
1: Yeah, and also it helps when you got Caleb Williams as your quarterback. <laughs> so, I mean, he's the favorite to win the Heisman again. So, not a bad place. You get you know the offense, you know the dude that's you know running the offense and uh yeah, that seems to be a, a nice spot for somebody, anybody, especially him.
2: Absolutely. As promised, 602 260 1060 is the number to join the show. So we'll pop on out to the KDOS hotline here. Monroe in Glendale, what's on your mind today?
0: Well, you know, I heard about Yahoo's and NFL pricing, and I, I was thinking about when, way back when, when uh, the NFL ticket got to be about $150. Bucks, I, I bowed out. Shortly after that, they went over to DirecTV, which pretty much solidified I would never get it again because I was switching to DirecTV. So my hopes were really up when I, when I saw that Yahoo would be getting this, and I can't tell you the amount of deflation I had when I saw those prices, man. I just, what is the NFL doing?
2: So for context here, you're talking about the NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube pricing. It was announced yesterday that uh, Sunday ticket on YouTube, if you have YouTube TV, is $249 if you buy it before June 6th. After June 6th, it rises up to $349. Sunday ticket with the Red Zone package is $289 before June 6th rises to $289. If you don't have YouTube TV, you can still subscribe to Sunday ticket, but it's going to cost you sunday ticket before june 6th is 349 after june 6th is 449 so uh certainly this is quite an increase from the direct tv pricing but as you pointed out you had to have uh direct tv in order to get the the sunday ticket and they did do some streaming options with the red zone afterward but certainly um I, i think to this point and then i'll certainly let bob chime in there um that First of all, YouTube is clearly trying to get you to switch over to their services with this uh, massive difference in pricing. And then in addition to that, the NFL, I think, thinks uh, they still have the product that everybody wants and there's a certain price and people will still come.
1: Okay, I'll just add to that. You know, I haven't actually, uh, you know, I used to get uh, I forgot what it was called. But I used to subscribe to the uh, you know, the All-22 package or whatever they called it at NFL.com. I quit doing that a couple of years ago. In large part because if you really want to watch these games, uh, the way the NFL Network does replays during the week, you can, pretty much any game that was any good uh, the, night, the, uh, the Sunday before the week before, you can watch it. Uh, so I'm completely out of the paying NFL money when I don't have to business.
0: Yeah, and I, I get I get all those points. I just I just thought that the regular guy, for lack of a better term, won't won't be able to do this. Uh, and, and at a minimum, I would have hoped that there would be some type of tiered thing, something that just it just seems to me that they're taken, I won't say taken for granted, cause, you know, but it just, it just seems to me that they, they don't really care about reaching a broad market. That's what it seems like to me. They just care about maximizing dollars, and as I say that, I'm thinking to myself, well, of course that's what they care about.
1: They don't have to think anything other than that, though, right? Because the NFL has right. become the biggest thing on the planet.
0: I just don't know, Bob, that people can do this. Uh, you have people who, especially out here, right, your favorite team is somewhere else in the country. And the only way to really watch them is to crowd into a sports bar and fight over the TVs or subscribe to the NFL ticket. And
1: well, you got the red zone. I mean, I watch the red zone, you know, I might get, maybe I'd have a different opinion, but, you know, I'm not here at home for eight games uh, per year with the Cardinals' home games. I'm at the stadium on Sunday, you know, assuming they're playing on a Sunday. Uh, that's where I'm at. And uh, you know, I don't think the Cardinals are going to be playing too many primetime, non Sunday games for a few years at this point. Uh, so that gives me even more reason not to invest
0: yeah i had the red zone when i had dish but i cut the cord uh and then i lost the red zone so i don't know if you know i'm just kind of venting here they're gonna do what they're gonna do and it is what it is but i was just utterly shocked to see those prices
2: anything else on your mind today monroe no
0: no thank you for allowing me to walk back off the ledge <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i was really hoping this would work out you know for at a reasonable price and with the money youtube is paying it's no wonder the prices are so high
2: yeah and i mean i I, unfortunately, I, I, I sympathize. I understand where you're coming from. I don't want to have to pay for this this price either. Um, and eventually, you're, you're going to probably hit a point, right, where consumers will say to themselves, this is no longer worth my entertainment. The money is not matching that price. I think the NFL feels that they have not reached that plateau yet, so they're going to keep pushing the envelope. And again, um, we see with... The expansion of all these different streaming products, trying to go into Amazon, trying to uh, just really be more broad. We're, we're not far off for teams being overseas as well, that they're going to continue to push the envelopes here for maximum growth. So I don't think we're at a point where we're retreating backward. And unfortunately, I understand that that makes the fan feel um, that they don't matter.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I just want to share my thoughts with
2: you guys. All right, appreciate it. As always, the number is 602-260-1060 for you to join in on the program. Continuing with some NFL topics here, I saw that uh, Giants running back Saquon Barkley does not plan to sign his franchise tender before the team's upcoming offseason program on Monday. Therefore, he's ineligible to participate. One, I don't necessarily think think that this is a bad thing from saquon barkley uh because why would you want to participate in these these particular off-season workouts but two supposedly there is a sentiment that he's a little upset that uh, he had been franchised
1: yeah i understand his viewpoint in all areas i think it's also best for all parties involved that if he doesn't do any he, he doesn't uh Considering his injury history, he shouldn't do anything until they really need him to do something. <laughs> 100%. So, like, <laughs> like, tr- like training camp. And, and maybe even that would be limited in training camp if I'm running the Giants.
2: The Lions traded cornerback Jeff Akuta to the Falcons for the 2023 fifth round pick. Akuta has only played more than nine games once in three seasons. He only has two career interceptions. The Lions this offseason, though, brought in Cameron Sutton. They brought in Emmanuel Mosley. They brought in C.J. Gardner Johnson this offseason, clearly making a statement that uh, they wanted to secure that secondary for them in the defense. It did get better as the season went on, but uh, clearly the that was a point of emphasis and Jeff Okuda for being a top five pick in the NFL draft. As a former Ohio State guy, he hasn't uh, lived up to expectations, though, has he?
1: He was really good last year, though. Uh, you know, he obviously was injured and not particularly good the first couple of years, but he was very good last year. I'm going to take the Falcon side of this. They're really, you know, I understand and I think they're doing the right thing here. If I were any team in the uh, NFC South, I'd be saying, "Hey, I could win this division." Uh, and uh, they, you know, added Calais Campbell. They added Bates uh, from uh, from uh, the Bengals yes. to be uh, one of the starting safeties, and now Akuda. And for a defense that really wasn't particularly good in any area, they've now added. You know, Campbell can still play. He's still a difference maker in the defensive line. They've added a corner who at least at one point uh, was considered to be the best corner in a draft. And they've added Bates, who some believe is one of the top two or three safeties in football, so good for the Falcons. Uh, And
2: to your point here about the the division being so wide open, you also have the Buccaneers in flux, and now it looks like linebacker Devin White has requested a trade from the team. The Buccaneers do not want to trade him. Interesting just looking at Devin White in his career. Last season, 124 total tackles, 73 solo, 5.5 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, 5 passes defended. 2020, though, was the year he was stellar. 140 total tackles, 97 solo, 9 sacks, 1.5 sacks one force fumble and four passes defended.
1: Yeah, he was great that year. Uh, I think he's been uh, somewhat of a disappointment in other years, and he's definitely, uh, he's horrible in pass coverage. Uh, so I don't know if that plays a role or not, but, uh, you know, because I don't know where the Buccaneers are headed here. I don't even know what to think of them right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't, if, if they don't think they're going to like be a Super Bowl-level team, and I assume they're you know, reasonable enough to think that, then they should just you know, see what they could get for White. And uh, this is, a, in White's case, I don't know if this was part, probably was part of the plan here from his agent or himself or both, that, okay, if I'm going to request a trade, this is the time to do it before the draft.
2: Do the Buccaneers know what they want to do? Because you would have kind of thought that after Tom Brady moved on, that maybe that was just the opportunity to really completely start over, but they didn't. They just started over with new offensive coordinator, getting rid of Byron Leftwich, but Todd Bowles remains.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure what direction they're headed. I mean, I don't know what they think they can do. I don't know. I'm not really um at all familiar with their contractual situation with these guys and so forth but yeah you know, I don't think it would be t- terribly would I wouldn't be shocked if they were like the worst team in the division next year. Am I thinking, am I talking out of turn there?
2: I don't think so because uh, the Panthers have the defensive side of the ball. um, I don't want to say handled, but they have pieces there. Uh, You have different weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Now it's just who's going to be throwing the football. Um, You then have the the Falcons. I guess you have the question marks about who's going to be quarterbacking the team. Is Desmond Ritter really the guy? Uh, And then for the Saints... um, um, you know, obviously making the the move to go with Derek Carr. There, there's still some question marks just they think about age uh, of the whole entire roster and some of the health concerns. But I still think roster talent wise, they're better than the Buccaneers.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they just can keep their offensive line or get their offensive line healthy, I mean, that was a you know, major issue for them last year. And then the, God knows what's going on with Michael Thomas. Uh, that seems to be kind of a yeah, annual event or annual question at this point, but if he ever could be a healthy and a productive player, again, I assume he'd be a productive player if we were healthy. But, you know, that was considered to be one of the best offensive lines in football before last season. And literally, I know at one point, they had you know one starter left uh, from the original you know starting five when the season started. And that was like pretty quickly into the season, they were already down to one guy.
2: Yeah, so I, I don't think you're... At least if there's something that's going to happen drastically in the draft that changes my mind. But I I think you're definitely right that they're the last place team in that division, even though the division is pretty wide open.
1: Yeah, that might be a prop bet to think about in the in the fall once. Yeah, maybe they maybe somebody already does this for all I know. But uh, I know at least before the season starts, there's uh, prop bets out there with uh, teams that are going to finish last in their respective divisions. That might be something to consider.
2: Yeah, because who's quarterbacking their team?
1: Uh, I don't know. (laughs) The dude from Florida, is he still there? I forgot. Kyle Trask, is that his name?
2: Trask? He is still there. So I guess they're turning it over to him. Oh, goodness.
1: Okay. I didn't think he was that good a quarterback. No, it's Baker Mayfield. Oh, well, uh, Kyle Trask is the guy. He (laughs) should be the guy then.
2: uh, We'll get into poll questions on the other side of the break.
1: The Dan Patrick Show, weekday mornings from
0: 6 to 9 a.m. This is just uh, something I like to call breakfast. With big-name guests, timely sports information and more on KTUS AM 1060.
2: 1140 here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports, it's time to get into the poll questions. So let's dive right in. KDOS1060.com. Is the Lakers fortunate overtime win on Tuesday night a bad sign moving forward? Yes or no?
1: I'm going to say yes, uh, and I may be the wrong person to answer this question because I've never really bought into the Lakers all year, but I've spent like three days uh, before last night. I started uh, investigating the playoff situation once all these games were played early on Sunday and the playoff seedings determined, and I've heard all kinds of stuff. Either NBA TV, which did a tremendous, by the way, preview of the playoffs, I excuse me, the play-in round and also listen to a couple of podcasts. And I keep hearing that the Lakers are a championship contender. Huh? Really? I don't quite get that. Um, you know, Anthony Davis is tremendous, but uh, you know, I think, think LeBron's a really, a, still a really good player when he has the ball. I don't think he's nearly as good a player as he has been even in the last couple of years uh, when he doesn't have the ball. Uh, and uh, I'm not completely buying in on the complimentary cast, even though I think it's actually better than it was a couple years ago. But uh, so I'm not buying in. And the fact that last night they're down 15. Uh, obviously, Go Bear's not playing. Jaden McDaniels isn't playing. I think a lot of people haven't talked enough about Nas Reed not playing. That dude's a good player. He got hurt like two weeks ago here against the Suns, and he's still not playing. And then Edwards was three for 17 last night and had eight points, and they still could have and should have won that game. So I don't really see anything to take out of last night and think it's not a bad sign for the Lakers moving forward.
2: Yeah, I agree that they didn't show me anything that says, OK, this team is really ready to make a, a strong push like we've been hearing the narrative for the last couple of weeks that I understand the trade deadline moves helped them to get to be a much better team so we can even have this conversation. And LeBron can always be dangerous. Of course, Anthony Davis, if he stays healthy, uh, can certainly take advantage of his size and the mismatches that he creates in his skill set. But With all of that, the Timberwolves should have won that game, and they didn't. And to your point, no Rudy Gobert, no Jaden McDaniels. And and so, therefore, I think there are concerns. I don't know if maybe they just felt like they... we're kind of sleepwalking into it because the Timberwolves didn't have those players and didn't feel like they needed to, to go all out. Uh, so maybe we'll see a difference maker once we get to round one. But at least for now, very trepidatious about thinking the Lakers have a run in them.
1: Ooh, trepidatious. Excellent word there. Thank you. Um, now, all that being said for both of us, do we actually trust the Grizzlies? <laughs>
2: so. uh, also, no. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure that some point tomorrow or Friday, there'll be a question about the Lakers and Grizzlies series. And I'm not sure how I'm going to answer that, but uh, worry about that then.
2: Uh, On for now's question, KDOS1060.com, yes, 56% of the vote, no 44%. This is KDOS1060.com's poll question. Let's toss it on over to Twitter, at KDOSAM1060, a play-in game tonight. It's the Thunder and the Pelicans. Thunder plus 5.5, Pelicans minus 5.5. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, I feel like on paper... The Pelicans should win, and and this kind of goes back to maybe me having these rose-colored glasses about what I thought about this Pelicans team. I know it's not going to have Zion, but I thought Brandon Ingram, uh, certainly his statistics in the last couple of games has, has backed up what I thought about his potential. I know he missed some time in the regular season as well, but he's back. He's healthy. For the Thunder, though, they do have Shea Gildas-Alexander, and if he gets going, he can certainly get anybody in foul trouble, which could be problematic as he is always uh, putting pressure on you in the paint. The Thunder, though, did kind of stumble down the stretch, so I don't know if they're coming into this uh, firing on all cylinders here. I think it could be a close, fun game, though. I think that at this point they might be more evenly matched than we realize, so I think thinking the Pelicans need to win by six seems like too much.
1: Agreed. Uh, in fact, I was thought this would be more like five or f- even like four uh, so that the number was high. Uh, I, I'm the, the biggest concern, you know I, I'm all on the same side though I you know I would favor uh, the thunder in this game. The one thing I would be a little concerned about is the fact that you know this is a whole different game for the thunder here. They weren't expected to even be anywhere near even the play-in tournament when the season started. They were expected to be one of the worst teams in the league, and they've certainly been better than that. Uh, as you mentioned, that they're you know, staggered down the stretch here. I wonder about the inexperience factor. They haven't been in a game like this, and certainly the Pelicans have plenty of playoff experience from last year. Uh, with uh, against the Suns, needless to say. And you mentioned Ingram. He's been unbelievable lately. Uh, in fact, the last 10 games, he's averaged 29 points per game, which you know in past years would be phenomenal. But this year in the NBA, it's not as phenomenal because it seems like everybody scores some points. Uh, but uh, he's been really good here lately. And as I previously mentioned earlier, during the last uh, couple of hours here, Uh, He's become a player – I thought he'd be an okay NBA player. I never imagined that he would ever be this good a player. And he's a really tremendous offensive player. And, uh, you know, he and Gilgis Alexander, uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I don't think they're going to be matched up against each other very often. But, uh, you know, two of their better offensive and skilled players, ball skill guys. Uh, Both those guys with the ball are tremendous, and uh, just uh, that alone, this should be a fun game to watch.
2: The Massive have made a decision. Thunder plus five and a half at 54.5% of the vote. Pelicans minus five and a half at 45.5%. This is on Twitter at KDOS AM 1060. And so the winner of this game gets the opportunity to play the Timberwolves on Friday. And the earlier game uh, in the East is the Bulls uh, taking on the Raptors. And the winner of that game will face the Heat on Friday. So that's what's upcoming in the NBA play in schedule uh, before the number eight seed is decided for who will be facing the Nuggets and who will be facing the Bucks. We wrap up. This Wednesday, April 12th edition of Extra Point on the other side of the break. He is Bob Kemp, kayla Mortolaro with you here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. One more to go. It's next.
0: the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at kdus1060.com.
2: of this Wednesday, April 12th edition of Extra Point here on KDOS AM 1060 online at kdos1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports one point before I toss it to you Bob Uh, a gentleman called in in discussing about the NFL and the red zone packages and and the cost of everything he wanted to make sure that I pointed out here that the NFL has something called NFL Plus and you can stream every single game on NFL Plus the the catch is though you have to wait until the game is concluded before you can Mm -hmm. stream it but that is significantly cheaper I I think it was last year $79.99. 79 99 Not sure what they're going to raise it to this year or if it'll stay flat, but that is another particular option.
1: That's a really good point that he has. And I remember hearing about that last year, and I considered getting that. But I just thought with all the replays that are on NFL Network now, Monday through Friday, usually those are like from our time, like between 1 and 4 o'clock before uh, total access starts on NFL Network. Usually there's a replay of a game there during the season at uh, uh, that time slot every day. So and even the games that were on Amazon, you know, they pre- they, they, uh, within uh, just a few hours after the end of those games, they were replaying those games. So I just kind of wonder, you know, I know that uh, you know, they're trying to make the almighty dollar and they're doing a nice job of that, but it seems like they could actually do better at that if uh, all these games were on an NFL Network.
2: I will say, I think the one thing Replay about... Form. Yes, correct. Uh, the NFL Plus, because I think it allows you also to skip through the commercials, but I also think it offers coaches films, so you get the you know All-22 yeah. version as well right. if you're interested in seeing uh, the game from an aerial yeah. view.
1: And I used to do that, and then part of the reason I dropped doing that is because the Cardinals, quite frankly, aren't as good now. And I just don't think it's as important for me to watch the uh, all 22 of uh, a bad team play if they change it and they turn it around if uh, if they cha- if they become better maybe i'll change my mind but not until then
2: so hopefully that's a helpful option for some different ways to view yeah. nfl games that's a really
1: good point that's a really good point that he made by the way
2: yes yeah, so i appreciate him yeah. giving us a call and we're able to yes. uh relay that along but it's time it's thank you time bob
1: Okay, we thank him for listening. We thank everybody else for listening. Callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, and whatever else might have slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Lakers Talk, Harrison Fagan from Silver Screen and Roll. Also, uh, we had uh, Sound Day courtesy of TNT, Bally Sports North, NBC Sports Bay Area, Bally Sports Southwest, Bally Sports Arizona, WDAE, uh and also 98 rock that's the orioles flagship station now all right another reason to like the or- orioles unless you like their pitching unless you think they're going to have a low scoring pitching uh, oriented game that's not going to be the orioles they're going to be fun to watch because they're going to score a lot of runs and they're going to give up a lot of runs and 98 Rock is their flagship station. And also CBS, we thank them for uh, some audio today. Also, special thanks as those to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next.
2: That's right. Up next from noon to 1 o'clock, it is Source Map Radio Network, followed by the Doug Gottlieb Show from 1 to 3 p.m., the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5, the sportsuit with Dave Rooster-Beerstein from 5 to 6, Dugout Chatter with Tim Healy and Willie Bloomquist tonight at 7 o'clock, i probably want to tune into that because somehow these Sun Devils they remain the comeback kids Uh, they beat GCU last night 13 to 10 but ASU scored nine runs in the eighth inning all coming with two strikes in the count and all and two of the final runs that went across home plate came with two outs left in the inning Uh, they went on to win as I mentioned 13 to 10 and topping GCU they will be on the road this weekend, facing the University of Washington for a three-game series. Uh, Friday's coverage gets started at 6 p.m. here on KDOS AM 1060, KDOS1060.com, and the KDOS 1060 app. Uh, so definitely, we kind of talk a little bit about some of the ratings and things that that take place. Uh, Sunday's coverage of the Masters ended up averaging 12.058 million viewers. Up 19% from 2022, and it reached with more than 15 million as ROM was closing in on victory. So that was where it was peaks numbers were at, but up 19% from 2022. And as I had talked a little bit about in hour number one about the RBC heritage and how this is an event that they made an elevated event, which kind of requires some of the top guys to be here. They are only allowed to miss one. They asked John Rahm this week if he thought about withdrawing with everything that's going on with being a Masters champion. There's usually a lot of fun, you know, media tours that you get to go on. All of a sudden, the late night talk shows are inviting you to come on to the set. So, probably some fun things for Rahm ahead. Uh, but he said he thought about it but then he said he made a commitment and he thought about uh, you know the fans and he thought about the young kids that were excited to get to see him and if he just withdrew how disappointing that would be so he decided to uh, honor his commitment and he's teened it up this week and the rbc heritage
1: okay all you young kids out there live up to your commitments
2: that's apparently the message there from mr rom uh, there you go as always we appreciate you taking time uh listening to the show also interacting with us actually and-
1: some adults should live up to their commitments too now i think about it. Sorry sorry interrupt again but uh i just did not let's narrow this down to kids that's
2: true. All people. There we go. Um, yeah. As always, though, thank you for listening, participating, and being a part of the program. You can always follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. Have yourselves a fantastic Wednesday. We'll do this again tomorrow, starting with the Sports Zone at 9 a.m.